T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome back to the Battleground America podcast. Today's guest is Jim Lewis. He's the co-founder of Wall Street Silver. You can find them just about anywhere the internet is in WallStreetSilver.com. And you have, do these amazing YouTube videos on, on what is coming. And these are things you will not hear anywhere on any of the financial channels, Jim. But you have a huge following, and I love your Twitter account. I've learned so much from it. And what I get from, from, from the listeners of this podcast and to my show all the time is that they're, they're freaking out. They know stuff's going on, and they, and they say, listen, you're telling me this stuff. It's scaring me. What can I really expect and what do I do as an individual? So I wanted to put those questions to you because you're a lot better qualified than I am to answer them. So I thought we'd dive right in and, and talk about what, what what is coming right now. We are seeing, um, you know, just a, sh- a shocking inflation number again today. It's double digits now. It's 11.2, 11.3. It's already in the supply chain. Uh, it's going to be hitting the stores. It's going to be ugly. What does it look like here in America in terms of dollar, currency, commodities, food? Do you think um, like in, in three to six months and what's it like in a year? You know, what I've been watching. Oh, first of all, thanks for inviting me on. Sarah. Sure. I've I, I followed you back when I lived in the North, in North Carolina, near Charlotte, back in 2005 to 2009 time frame. It's just a pleasure to talk to you again uh, after so long. Thank but, you. Uh, the, um, you know, what I'm watching right now is what's going on in Shanghai um, really closely. And I think that's one of the most un, unreported sto- underreported stories in the world right now. Everyone's focused on Russia, Ukraine, sanctions and all this. Meanwhile, Shanghai, which is one of the largest, if not the largest ports in the world, the population's in complete lockdown. Um, The ports are shut down. Uh, Nothing's happening. The containers are backing up. The ships are backing up. And it's just really bizarre what's going on there. Um, You've probably seen on my Twitter uh, some of the videos I've been putting out there the past week. We have a source where these videos are sort of being smuggled out of China. And that's what I'm, I think that's, it's, it's, all, it's all about supply chain. We are so dependent upon what's going on over in China right now for so many products because we've outsourced everything. That's what I'm really worried about uh, currently. Well, you just, you know, along with all the other, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you just tweeted 
And I retweeted you, the people in Shanghai are starving, but all the food is being wasted in logistics warehouses. This is a man-made disaster. Well, that's true. Um, China actually has almost 50% of the world's reserves of wheat, corn, lots of different agricultural products. They've been stocking up almost almost like an anticipation of what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. They knew what was going to happen. They knew uh, Ukraine is a major exporter of wheat. And if you go look at where the where the storage is for all of these agricultural commodities, China has something like 60% of the world's reserves in storage of wheat and corn right now. It's ridiculous. And at the same time, they've completely locked down Shanghai. Everyone's locked in their apartments. They're not allowed to leave. And they're supposed to pick up uh, packets of food that are, the food's not getting delivered. People are starving, locked into their apartments. People are jumping off buildings because they're stressed out from the lockdowns and starvation. I mean, it's really nuts what's going on in Shanghai right now. Um, and uh, yeah. they have the food. It's just it's, it's a logistics issue. It's a logistics issue. Either they're not getting it delivered or they're not even trying. And I, I don't know what the ulterior motive is for why China is doing this. There's a lot of speculation online that, you know, some of it borders on conspiracies that I don't want to get into. I don't necessarily subscribe to all of them. But there's just something really weird going on in Shanghai right now. And I would just encourage everyone to pay attention to it. It, it is weird. And when you look at China, uh, China hosed us into doing lockdowns. They said lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. And as soon as we locked yeah. down and kneecapped our economy, they opened right back up and just went about, our, went about their business. So they've never been that afraid of COVID. And they obviously don't care about human life. I mean, if somebody, you know, one of their slaves drops off the production line, they'll just throw another one up there. So this was obviously contrived. Um, and now all of a sudden they're all into lockdowns again. And when they do that, we've seen this, Jim, it's because they want us to copy them. That's what they want us I, to I, do. That, that's a lot of the spec- that is a lot of the speculation online. Are they trying to get us to go back into lockdown again yep. by pretending that something crazy is going on in China and we should all be all should we should all be worried about it again? We should all lock down and crush our economies even more and dial up the stimulus again, free free stimmies for everyone, which is probably going to happen before the midterms, anyways. But <laughs> I think China's. Uh, China might that might be the, that might be the game plan that China's running right now. I wouldn't put it past them. Well, if you're in the currency war with us, and I think they are, um, the thing you want is us to go fire up the printing press again, right? Because I mean, we we don't have much more room to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I've always wondered. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm shocked that it's gone on as long as it has. I mean, here we are at uh, thirty trillion, going on thirty one trillion. In debt, we're probably going to be $33 trillion by the end of this year. Um, and that's if they, yeah, if they, if they add stimmy checks before the midterms for everyone to try to buy your votes, I mean, who knows, we might uh, hit $34, 35000000000000 trillion in debt this year. And for our economy being only, what, $22, 20, $23 or we're, you know, we're, we're facing 150% debt to GDP, you know, which is beyond where Greece was when Greece had their sovereign debt crisis. And now you see things like the European Central Bank, they're, they're stopping all stimulus. It, 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 we're, we're facing some major debt crises, Tara. Um, a lot of those southern European countries can't afford debts if the European Central Bank isn't printing uh, to buy all those debts, all those, all those issued government bonds. Um, we're also facing the same issue here in the United States. The, our own Federal Reserve is backing off on buying bonds. 
Well, the Fed's been the largest buyer of our own government debt for the last several years. I've seen numbers as high as 60% of issued U.S. Treasury bonds have been purchased by the Fed. So if the biggest buyer is no longer buying and the, the Fed governors are actually talking about selling off their balance sheet, so the biggest buyer, the Fed, is about to become the biggest seller also, what does that do to interest rates in the United States? We're already seeing it. Uh, 30-year mortgage bonds are now 5% and rising. Uh, refis are down two-thirds already. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not making predictions as a mugs game, but <laughs> it's hard not to predict a, some sort of housing reaction to all this, some sort of decline in construction, some sort of decline in uh, new, new home purchases, or some, some decline in prices. I mean, it could be a 2008 replay all over again. Jim Lewis, um, you just did a not too long ago a YouTube video um, about, you know, Europe imploding as commodities mm-hmm. skyrocket. Um, is, is that going to be contained in, in Europe or is that going to spread? I mean, here's what's freaking me out. I'll tell you. I mean, Joe Biden comes out on the stage, right? And he says, oh, we're going to have food shortages. Yeah, it's going to get real. And then he walks off the stage. So I wait for Circleback Saki to correct him, right? Because she always does. Mm-hmm. And then they don't. They don't correct him. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for the follow-up press conference to follow up questions. Well, okay, how bad is it going to get? How, how much food are we talking? 15% off the shelves? 20, 25, 30, 50? Um, what are we talking about for prices? And you know, what's her plan to deal with it? And there's stone cold silence on it. Oh, wait, wait, what's coming? What's coming? What's coming to Europe? What's coming here? Well, Ukraine produces about 15 or 15 percent of the world's wheat, and the planting season has been in the past few weeks. And the way, even if the wheat was planted, and even if the wheat was exported or, or harvested successfully, the way it's exported is through the ports on the Black Sea. And currently, Russia controls all the ports on the Black Sea for Ukraine. Um, so there's just no way to even export it efficiently. So a huge portion of the wheat crops for, for the planet is off the market right now. So you look at the countries that are the biggest importers of wheat. That's Indonesia, Turkey, Egypt. Um, certain countries like Lebanon are already, they're already out of wheat, and they don't have the currency reserves to even buy any. So they've already had hyperinflation. Uh, we're going to see some major food issues in these countries later this year. It's already starting. You're already starting to see protests in some of these countries for, about the, the cost of living, energy, food. Uh, I saw one statistic. I, I think it was Max Kaiser who said when, when a family is spending more than 40% of their income on food, that's when you start having riots. That's when we had the Arab Spring. That's when Egypt started having all their revolts back in, I think it was 2012. So we're, we're, if you look at the world food price indexes, we're already there. We're already reaching those same levels that happened that launched the Arab Spring 10 years ago. And I think it's just a matter of time before we start seeing those things again this year. It's people are getting desperate when, when, when breadwinner, you know, the, when, a, when, a, when, the, when a husband can't feed his children, uh, people start getting angry and people start taking it out. People want to blame someone. And that's when stuff happens. Revolts happen. And um, it's going to be really serious. There's a lot of food. There's a lot of calories that are missing 
in the world food supply right now. And it's often the rich countries, when this happens, the rich countries start buying up all the supply to take care of their population. And it's the marginal countries that get left out in the cold. Uh, 800 million people on this planet survive on less than 1,200 calories a day. And uh, that was before all this happened. So imagine just removing 15% of global wheat and corn supply uh, from the market. And even though Russia is not sanctioned from exporting food, Russia is having problems getting ships to even come to their ports because for a ship to come pick up crops, they need insurance. Well, all the the Lloyds of London from in in the UK, they're no longer insuring ships to go to Russian ports. So even though these things aren't sanctioned, we're seeing things like the market is sanctioning Russia by not allowing normal commerce to proceed. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So even though Russia is planting all the crops, they're, not all of them are going to be able to get to the market this year until all this gets resolved, until everything goes back to normal, and no one knows when that's going to happen. Um, and I, it's really weird. All these sanctions that Europe keeps piling on Russia, it's almost like they're shooting themselves in the foot. It's like the European governments are intentionally inflicting the pain on their own citizens. Because I think this is affecting Europe more than it's affecting Russia at this point. Uh, the energy policy they're doing. I mean, Europe just announced that they're, they're refusing to... Russia is one of the, most, the major exporters of fertilizer in the world. Well, Europe announced that they're no longer going to import fertilizer from Russia. Well, you know, that hurts. That hurts Europe. If you don't have fertilizer, your average yield per acre is going to decline. I mean, some of the some of the decisions I'm hearing out of Europe just make no sense whatsoever. And I don't know if you've been following those same stories, but uh, I follow this stuff closely, and it's really just bizarre what we're seeing out there. Well, well, I have, and 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. It is almost as if the the sanctions are meant to exacerbate 
The shortages like this, okay, Russian coal import bans starting in August, right? They're already going to have energy problems. No access mm-hmm. for Russian ships to EU ports, right? This is the new round of EU sanctions. Okay, so you don't want to food? And then ban on fertilizer imports. Oh, that'll show them. Now, fertilizer is the most wanted commodity in the world after food right now with all this going on. And you're going to ban that? They can sell it somewhere else. They don't care. You're only hurting yourself. Yeah. It's almost as – and I don't want to go conspiratorial, but you got to be logical at some point, don't you think? I mean, I mean, we just did the same thing in February. We banned that fertilizer from Belarus. Well, I mean, Belarus don't care. They're going to sell it to somebody else. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The only thing that's going to do is reduce our – crop yield and just raise the price of fertilizer across the globe so it hits us. So, I mean, it's yeah. as if they're trying to, they're, it's as if they're sanctioning their own people. And then to watch the ruble go back to where it was pre-invasion against the dollar, you start to shake your head and go, what are they doing? I mean, they're not hurting Russia. I, I wonder whether they're doing it intentionally or whether our leaders are just economically illiterate. At this I point. know. I'm, I'm really not sure which it is. I'm honestly not sure. Um, and, and yet my stepfather used to be a state legislature in the state legislature. And he, he made a comment to me once saying he used to think there was a big conspiracy. But then once he met everyone in the legislature, he realized they were just too stupid to run a conspiracy. <laughs> and um, so I don't honestly know what, what what's going on. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can all speculate about what the real motive is, but sometimes they're just responding to polls. You know, it's leadership by polls and people are angry at Russia. They just want they want their political leaders to strike back at Russia in some way. People don't want to go to war with Russia because Russia is a nuclear power, but we want to do something. So we got to well, let's do more sanctions. Well, speaking, uh, you know, I don't know. speaking of doing something, um, Jim, obviously, um, you love silver. That's um, we just love silver is is your slogan on your on your your website. Um, people ask me all the time. They get mad. You've scared me, Tara. What do I do? I'm a guy with a 401k. You're trapped in a way if you're in a 401k, right? You're trapped uh, in that in yeah. terms of you know getting that unless you want to take the tax hit. I get to, guess to take the dollars out and convert them. Um, what what should I be doing right now to prepare for what's coming, particularly with commodities? Well, I don't have a lot of faith in tech right now, you know, tech stocks or really any sector of the market. I used to be, I used to have a very normal portfolio. I used to be in all these things that, uh, you know, dividend stocks, uh, t- some tech stocks. But after um, March of 2020, when the Fed went to zero percent and immediately just started printing, creating trillions of dollars for, for the stimulus to deal with the initial covid crisis. Um, it made sense to me to go to precious metals at that point. So the bulk of my portfolio is in commodity stocks and uh, a little physical silver and and a little bit of gold, but uh, a lot of commodity stocks. Uh, I have some uranium stocks uh, because I think that's, that's, that's gone. The price of uranium has gone from the the high twenties to now the low sixties per pound. Uh, And all the uranium stocks have just launched and gone up in the past year or two, really the last year. Um, the silver and gold stocks had a great run in 2020, and then just sort of went sideways to slightly down in 2021. But they're all primed to run higher. Um, silver's gone from 14 to 25 in the past two years. 
Uh, it's bordering on 26 right now. Uh, if, if silver gets through 30, which is really uh, a, a resistance point, it's probably going back to the all-time highs of 50. Uh, a lot of people really recognize that what the governments are doing with this massive printing is just re- ridiculous. I mean, you can't just keep printing dollars to infinity without without having economic consequences. We saw it in the Weimar Republic. We've seen it in numerous countries. Printing, printing, printing is a road to monetary ruin, uh, a monetary reset even. I mean, currencies do fail uh, when this happens. The, a lot of people don't realize the United States currency has failed three times already. The American, con- the original continental uh, back after the Revolutionary War, Yep. the greenback after the Civil War. I mean, we've destroyed our currency before. The dollar is not immune from this. And a lot of people say, oh, well, we have the, the dollars, the world reserve currency. We can, we can do this. Well, you know, world reserve currencies don't last forever. They change typically every hundred years or so. And um, the world reserve currency is typically the, the, the currency where most trade settlement occurs. And what we've seen in the last few months, we've weaponized the U.S. dollar. We've, we've used SWIFT against Russia. We've kicked them off of SWIFT, so the dollars and euros are basically useless to Russia right now. So you're seeing a lot of countries look at this, and we've now added counterparty risk to the U.S. dollar and U.S. Treasury bonds, whereas before there was never any counterparty risk. The U.S. Treasury bond was considered good as gold, right? They're always going to pay their interest. They're always going to make their payments. AAA rated. It's no longer that. I mean, central, other central banks around the world have to look at what, what we've done to Russia, and they've now got to take that into account. Look at China. Everyone knows that China is eventually going to make a move on Taiwan. Do you think China's not watching what just happened with Russia and Ukraine? Do you think China's going to be more inclined to hold their treasury bonds now or, or maybe start reducing their holdings? in U.S. dollars and treasury bonds before they take on Taiwan. I mean, that's, this is a lot. Look at Saudi Arabia. I'm seeing, we're seeing bilateral trade deals between Saudi Arabia and Russia uh, to, to now start doing trade settlements in local currencies and no longer using the U.S. dollar. Saudi Arabia and China are now doing oil trades in yuan, no longer in U.S. dollars, or at least that's what they're planning. Um, India. India is also doing the same thing with Russia and China. They're doing trade settlements in their local currencies. They're, they're getting off the dollar. So what we're, what we're observing globally is de-dollarization. And what happens if the U.S. dollar is no longer the world reserve currency? You know, I've read a lot of studies on this. Our, our, our standard of living probably drops 20% instantly because we uh, are no longer the world reserve currency. Uh, we can, our ability to finance government deficits infinitely disappears when that happens. So then the U.S. government would have to make some really hard choices about Social Security and Medicare and the defense budget and all of our bases around the world. I mean, the fact that we have the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency is what makes all of those things possible right now. And the trend is towards de-dollarization. And so I don't know when all this is going to play out. I, 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 I thought it probably all would have blown up a long time before this. Yeah. I, I Me mean, too. so, you know, bubbles can go way longer <laughs> than anyone expected. 
Um, but, I, you know, I have no idea when this plays out. But the obvious safe choice, if you think it's happening, is to own hard assets, uh, hard assets that will have value uh, in, in a I'm not going to say hyperinflationary because that's a really rare occurrence, but we could have really high inflation uh, right now. CPI's reporting 8.5 percent, but realistically, we all we all, I mean, people who have, know the history know that CPI is largely manipulated. Yep, uh, they, they've manipulated it downwards back in the 80s and 90s in order to lower the cost of living increases for Social Security and other government programs, the COLAs. So CPI, the real inflation rate is not 8.5%. It's probably north of 10% already, probably closer to 12 to 15% in reality. So how do you protect yourself? You own hard assets that will maintain their value. Traditionally, that's gold, that's silver, Real estate, to some extent, depends on the real estate, depends on the location, probably. So, uh, But there's a lot of hard assets and, hard, and commodities that generally, if you look back at the 1970s, they performed well. They outperformed the rest of the market. So that's where I'm basically investing right now is commodity stocks. Here's a crazy question, okay? So my husband and I are dealing with this, and we have, we have gold. We should probably get some silver. Um, And he was wanting to buy ETFs and we got into one of those, you know, discussions that husbands and wives had because I said, no, 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 I got to own it. I got to hold it. I I don't I don't want a certificate. I don't want anything like that. Um, And then we start looking at our 401k. Right. And and, in in wondering, you know, is and this depends on how serious you think this is, Jim. Is it worth it? Take the hit to take your money out of the 401k, pull it out of stock market and go to gold or silver? I mean, people are that level of scared right now or to do it with some of it. I mean, you're seeing hold hard assets, but the problem with that 401k, and I think the government will count on that, is that you can't take that out without um, a, a penalty. And so they're counting on us to write it all down. I mean, so is the, so is, I, I think the stock market, we're, we're stuck in those 401ks. We can't shift out. Or do you go, you know what, I'm going to take the hit. What would you do? Well, um, I don't know. Are you allowed to change to roll over a 401k to an IRA while you're still working at a company or do you have to leave the company to do that? I don't I forget because I haven't worked for a company or had a 401k in a while. Mm-hmm. I own my own business. Um, but with an IRA, you are there are companies where you can own physical gold and silver through an IRA. Yeah, um, that's safe. You feel right. like that's safe. 401ks are 401ks are very limited in terms of their investment options. They want to yeah. just give you the standard. Oh, here's a growth tech fund. Here's a medium risk fund. Here's a low risk bond fund. You know, very generic investment options. And you know, everyone has to make that decision as to whether they're going to take the tax shit on a 401k and do something, uh, or maybe use after tax money to purchase some gold and silver or uh, some, some commodity stocks in your portfolio with, uh, you know, your regular money, not your retirement money, where you have fewer restrictions. And I wouldn't tell anyone to go all in on any of these things, right. but a portion of your money, you know, whether that's 5, 10, 15, 25%, yeah, I, I would definitely own hard assets um, or commodity stocks that are linked to those hard assets because typically the, uh, the mining stocks for various commodities – or the royalties for mining stocks, um, they outperform the underlying commodity because they're leveraged to the underlying commodity. So whereas silver might go up, let's say, 30 percent, 
a silver mining stock would probably go up a hundred percent in that same time frame, just because it, you know, every extra dollar adds is out proportions to the to the bottom line to the profits of the company. So you obviously being Wall Street Silver are a huge fan of silver. Everybody knows the go to commodities gold, right? Um, yeah. You, but you love silver. So um, what percentage, you know, what proportion of gold should I own to silver and why do you love silver? Well, silver, what, gold is just purely a monetary metal. I mean, it's used for jewelry also and a little bit in some industry, but not that much. But gold is basically a monetary metal. Silver is this weird hybrid of both a monetary metal and an industrial metal. Silver has the highest level. It's the, it's the one element on the periodic table with the highest level of conductivity for electricity and heat. And so it's, it's critical. It's absolutely critical in electronics, in electric vehicles, in solar panels. Um, so the demand for silver is just off the charts growing with solar and, and electric vehicles growing and everything's being electrified. So silver is just a, cre- a critical metal. The problem we have is we're running out of easy silver to find. We peaked at 900 million ounces in globally mined silver back in 2015. And every year since then, globally, all the mines combined have declined. Uh, last year, it was something like 800 million ounces. So we've gone from 900 million ounces down to 800 million. And the problem in the silver market is they found all the easy mines. They found all the big and easy silver already. All the mines that are in development are generally smaller, uh, lower grade ore, more remote. So there's a real physical supply problem that's happening in the silver market in the next couple of years. And at the same time, demand is growing dramatically, uh, with, especially with solar. Uh, the solar market is consuming currently 80 million ounces a year. Almost 10% of global silver supply is going into solar panels. And 10% of global silver supply only achieved 2% of solar power on our electric grid. And you have these governments talking about taking solar up to you know, 15, 20, 30% of the electric grid. And they, I, I'm just telling you, there's not enough silver to even remotely make it happen. There's just, it, there's just not enough silver to make it happen. So that's coming probably between 2025 and 2030, where there's, I mean, it's just a mathematical certainty that silver is going to explode in price because of the supply cliff. Um, so that's why a lot of people believe in the silver story right now and the way to play it, own a little bit of physical silver and buy some of the mining stocks because they're all going to, they're all going to respond to this basic supply crunch that's coming in the silver market. Sounds like supply crunch uh, in, in a lot of places. I want to jump back to one more thing, Jim, and I don't know if you have any insight into it. The um, Going back to food, and, and we started the podcast with that, and um, kind of your um, video that you did on your YouTube channel about um, Europe and the commodities crunch that they're in right now. And um, food is a, is a world market, right? So yeah. even if we we have planted basically what we planted last year, um, food is a world market. So that's still, you're still going to see the prices for that. Even if we have it, we can get it, go through the roof. And you were saying something interesting about, you know, once, once it get, gets to what, 48% of the family budget, that's when the riots yeah, start. Yeah. 
Forty percent. I think it's it was 40. either it's either Mike Maloney or Max Kaiser. I think who made that quote. I forget who. Yeah. But yeah, forty percent of your budget is going to food. Uh, that's when people start freaking out in a lot of these countries. And that, that's I'm, I'm re- referring mostly to more of the developing world. Right. Um, in the United States and you know Western in, in Europe and Canada, we don't typically have those same problems with food. There's there's we can. We're, we're, we're most we're net exporters of food from Canada and the United States. So I don't think we're going to have a, a food crisis here uh, where we live necessarily. But it, you're right. It's a world market. So if other countries are willing to pay more, we're going to have to pay more yeah. here at home to keep it here because uh, we're not going to. Some countries are announcing export bans of their food crops. So we've seen some of that going on in some countries because they're worried about their food supply later this year. But I don't think the United States is going to announce any sort of export bans, but that means that we're going to have to pay higher prices to keep the food here. So that, yeah. So I'm wondering, do you have any insight onto, that's what I'm anticipating. I mean, every time I go to the grocery store, it seems the prices go up and my husband and I go to our favorite restaurant that we go once a month. And the favorite dish that we always get literally like clockwork goes up a dollar a month. And this just keeps yeah. happening. You know, you can see it going up. Um, and that, I mean, that alone will cause a crisis. Um, what, what do you see coming for, for that? And, and when do you think that'll hit? I just, I was looking for some insight on that because given, you know, you just, you guys just did that Europe. Um, you it, know. It, it, it's already hitting. It's already hitting. I mean, everyone sees their grocery bills going up. Uh, there's less, every time I go to the grocery store, I mean, this is a common story. There's just, yeah, I reach $100 much easier than I used yeah. to reach $100. That's how you, you just get a few, I get a few items. Just, I'm, I mean, my wife does the big shopping. If I go to the grocery store, it's to grab like five items we need to for the day or that we've run out of. I'm, I'm the errand boy for my wife on those things. And it's like, I'm shocked. It's like, what, 54 bucks for that for just three or four items? Are you kidding me? Um, but it's, I'm also on the carnivore, the keto diet, the high-protein, low-carb diet. I'm buying a lot of fish and meat. And my God, the prices there have just gone through the roof. Yep. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, I have to do it because uh, I want to get skinny and pretty for my YouTube fans. Cause, right. Uh, in the comments, they're brutal. And my YouTube fans are saying, hey, you need to drop some weight, Jim. Now you're looking a little chubby. I'm like, all right. So i got to go on a diet and I'm doing this high-protein, low-carb thing. And it's expensive. Eating meat and fish is expensive these days. It's ridiculous. It, it is. I had that bizarre experience on Sunday of going to the Walmart because it was going to make chicken pot pie, right? And there is one thing of chicken breast left. One. You can have all the thighs you want. Ugh. But uh, there's one thing of breast left. It's the free range one. It's three breasts. They're not big. And they want 10 bucks. I'm out of your mind. Yeah. But there was nothing else. What did it used to be a year ago? For oh, the same thing. For the free range, I'll tell you, it was usually around high six to uh, mid seven, and for the you know for the little breasts, yeah. you know those ones that they're they got them pumped full of water, you can tell. But um, yeah, yeah, no, and and it was just it was just shy of ten, and I went, you're out of your mind. I'm not I'm not paying that. I, I mean, well, I want you know, beef for that. And and that's that that goes back to CPI. CPI is not reflecting this. Uh, CP uh, the inflation the official inflation statistics are not showing fifty percent inflation. For food, they're showing like ten to fifteen percent inflation for food. But if you look at your grocery cart, you know it's more than that. And the reason why is the U.S. government, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they have uh, this thing they're allowed to do called substitution. 
if one thing has gone up too much, they're able to substitute it for another product that hasn't risen as much. So it's, it's, it's the way they massage the numbers for CPI for our inflation statistics but with uh, substitution of certain products that have gone up too much. It's really interesting the games they play with that data. Yep. Absolutely. Anything else, uh, Jim Lewis, that you want to add that you think people should know um, right now? Um, you know, you've got to protect yourself right now. Uh, there's, so, there's a major crisis coming, I think, possibly even a monetary reset. Um, it seems to happen after wars. It seems to happen after major crises that they all get together and say, we need a new system. Uh, central bank digital currencies might be coming. There goes your privacy on spending anything. Um, you need to protect yourself. Take some money off the table. Get it out of the system. Own a little bit of gold and silver that you have. Uh, undetectable from anyone else. Bury it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know what. Everyone has to have their own strategy. But, you know, don't trust the system entirely. Uh, get some assets off the grid uh, so you have you have something in case of an emergency. That would be my main advice to people. Amen to that. Uh, Jim Lewis, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Battleground America podcast. How um, can people best find you? Um, we're on YouTube. Wall Street Silver is our YouTube channel. I'm on Twitter also, the same handle, Wall Street Silver. Uh, we're on Reddit with Wall Street Silver. We have a Telegram channel, Wall Street Silver. Um, you know, each of those have hundreds of thousands of uh, uh, subscribers and members. On, uh, on Reddit, we're close to 200,000. Twitter, almost 100,000. The YouTube channel is close to 50,000. So uh, if you want to follow and learn more, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty much on all the major platforms. You know what uh, blows my mind? I'm just, I, love your, I love your Twitter feed and, and all of that and how big the followings uh, some of these uh, financial minds have um, bigger followings than the ratings of, you know, television, business, cable, TV. Um, and yet they are speaking of things you won't hear a lick about um, on those shows. Um, and it just goes to show you how if, if you are really contemplating what is out there and you are really knowledgeable, you are not wanted on these financial, you know, central. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, CNBC? It's yes. Yeah, CNBC or Fox Business. Um my YouTube channel, Wall Street Silver, would not exist. If they talked about gold and silver and sound money politics and, and monetary policy, uh, obviously no one would need to come to Wall Street Silver on YouTube for that information. But because they ignore these topics that are really important, that's created a void. And luckily enough, we have plat you know, different video platforms where channels like ours can thrive and fill the void. And some of these channels on YouTube get way more views than anything you see on CNBC. Yep. Bingo. And CNBC has less than 100,000 100, viewers at a time. There's YouTube channels that get millions of views for every video they put up. I mean, look at Joe Rogan. He's 10 times bigger than CNN. Uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's the, the mainstream media, cable news, is, is dying right now. And it's going to alternative media. And that's us. That's, that's you. That's, there's so many niche channels where you can get the information you need out there right now. And yet they won't do the one thing that would prop them up, which is go to some of these guys you know, on Twitter, on YouTube that have these massive followings and have them on. But they won't do it because they do not want the truth they are speaking about in a public forum. And I, I, I can't for the life of me figure out why. 
the, the business people are not running the operation. The ideologues are running the operations uh, on those channels, I believe. Uh, business-wise, you'd think, oh, yeah, they should definitely be having some of these huge YouTubers on as guests, as commentators, just to get their opinions. Because, my God, if someone has 3 million subscribers on YouTube, my God, you wouldn't have them on for a segment on CNN? just to, So their, their audience would probably tune in to CNN for the first time. Someone who has 3 million subscribers on YouTube? Um, it seems crazy to me that uh, the mainstream media is not not inviting these people on to speak, but I don't know. Maybe it's, it's an ideology or agenda driven thing. I have no idea, but it just tells you they're not making good business decisions on these cable channels uh, for the, the, whoever drives the news selection choices, the editors or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, that's why I regularly say, you know, if you go into your financial advisor and CNN business or CNBC is playing on in the background, ask for your file and run. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good that's a good plan yeah yep all right jim lewis uh wall street silver thank you so much for joining us today on the battleground america podcast uh, well thanks for having me i appreciate it battleground america with Terra Servatius. please subscribe on the odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts share with friends family and other free thinkers Thanks for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.